Yeah, the rest of the video is uh, them going to see uh, um, baby Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and then going and telling everyone uh, about it. But he did it in a little bit more colorful way than, than I did just now. <laughs> what child is this? In 1865, a, an Englishman named William Chatterton Dix penned the words to a poem, The Manger Throne. A few years later, the first three stanzas of that poem were set to the music of an English traditional folk song called Greensleeves. This soon became known as the Christmas Carol, what child is this? This combination of poetry and music was first published in the United Kingdom in 1871. It debuted in a compilation of Christmas music, music called Christmas Carols Old and New. And just out of interest's sake, it's been one of my favorite Christmas carols since, from since I was a child. What child is this? who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day. Lord, in the midst of the, the challenges of this life, in the midst of the, the joys and, and the, the heartache, heartaches, the, the, the tragedy, Lord, we thank you that Jesus came uh, to be the Prince of Peace and uh, to give us joy in the midst of uh, the suffering we see all around us. Lord, I just pray that through this sermon, we just might get to know your son, Jesus Christ, just a little bit better. In his name, amen. For close to a century and a half, the question found in the title of this uh, Christmas carol has been an annual reminder uh, that something big, something significant happened on that night in Bethlehem. Someone significant was laid in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. This child would change the world forever. But what child is this? That title of the carol is intended to be possibly the primary question that was on the minds of the shepherds as they visited the baby Jesus that first Christmas night. Their angelic encounter gave them the startling news of Christ's birth while they tended their sheep outside Bethlehem. Their heads must have been spinning rapidly, trying to comprehend all they had experienced on that first Christmas night with that angel and then the heavenly chorus uh, singing about them. Luke records the scene in Luke 8, verses 8 to 20. Luke 8, 
verses 8 to 20, and it's on page 781 in these Bibles. Page 781. The title is The Shepherds and Angels. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snuggling in, in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with, God, with whom God is pleased. When the shepherds had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let us go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there the was the baby, lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone had, what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So, while no, no nativity scene is complete without the shepherds, uh, subsequently, the, the answer to the song's question, what child is this, would only be partially explained unless we understand the description of the shepherd. What child is this? He too is a shepherd. In fact, Jesus later described himself as the good shepherd and told what a good shepherd did and who a good shepherd is in John 10, verse 11. Jesus said there, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is a summary of what this child in the manger came to be for all people. He is the one who came to lay down his life for all of humanity, just as a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. While at times the shepherds in the Christmas story may have been labeled as the ones who were a bit rough around the edges and perhaps living on perhaps the lower rungs of the social ladder, Jesus, later as a man, describes himself as being a shepherd who has great responsibility. There is no greater responsibility than holding the life of a creature in, in one's own hands. Protecting the life of sheep was the responsibility and calling of a shepherd. The image of a shepherd is prominent in ancient, his, ancient Eastern history. Shepherds were often equated with governments that were good and righteous, and often appear in contexts where the subject of justice is prominent. Shepherds were expected to be the ones that showed kindness and counseling, protecting and guiding throughout the age, no, guiding whom they were responsible for through every difficulty. The shepherd title was often intended to signify a rulership, a rulership as good and just and wise and beneficial for the people. In particularly, 
In particular, it has been associated with the metaphor of kings and even of deity, of God. Even the shepherd's crook has been viewed throughout the ages as a symbol of power, strength, and authority. Throughout the Bible, shepherds were mentioned, are mentioned over 100 times. We're not going to read all of them this morning, but we are going to actually read quite a few of them. If we can understand who shepherds were in terms of how they were defined and described in the pages of the Bible, then perhaps we can get a better and more complete understanding of this question, what child is this? One of the first careers mentioned in the Bible happens to be that of a shepherd. After Adam and Eve began to live their life outside of Eden, we learn in Genesis 4 verse 2 that their son Abel was a keeper of sheep. In biblical days, those who possessed flocks of sheep and other animals that needed shepherding were viewed as wealthy and powerful. Great flocks and herds were seen as blessings from the hand of God. Abraham is an example of such a blessing of this type when he is described by his servant in this way in Genesis 24, verse 35. In the context is the servant has been sent out by Abraham to go and find a wife for Abraham's son, Isaac. And uh, the servant says to uh, this lady's father, uh, or maybe, maybe an uncle, one of those two, the Lord has greatly blessed my master and he has become great. He has given him flocks and herds, camels and donkeys. Another person is Job. He is described as someone who experienced and endured some of the most difficult trials and seasons of loss that a person can experience. And he is deemed later in his life as one who is blessed and wealthy because of the flocks in his care. Job 42 verse 12 says, And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than, than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. And by the way, that happens to be double what he had at the beginning of the book of Job. Jesus himself spoke of having many sheep later within the John 10 chapter that we referred to earlier. In John 10 verses 14 to 16, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep, referring to Gentile, uh, future Gentile believers, that are not of this fold. And this fold was referring to the people of Israel. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd, referring to the church of Jesus Christ. There's one true church of Jesus Christ made up of Jews and Gentile believers in Jesus. The owner of the flocks was often the one who actually did the shepherding himself. And a couple of examples is Abel, who we mentioned earlier in Genesis 4, and Jacob in Genesis 30. Other times the work of a shepherd was de delegated to both the daughters and, and or the sons of the owner. In Genesis 29, Laban's daughter Rachel is given the responsibility of shepherding her father's sheep. 
In fact, the first time Jacob meets Rachel, who had turned out to be the love of his life, she is tending the sheep and leading them to water, just as a good shepherd would do on a daily basis. Likewise, Jesse's son David was given the responsibility to take care of his father's sheep before he would be called to care for and lead the people of Israel as their king. In fact, the place David was found before he was anointed as king by the prophet Samuel was out in the fields tending his father's sheep. Even after the selection of David as the future king of Israel, David continued to fulfill his duties as a shepherd while King Saul was still enthroned and leading Israel. In 1 Samuel 17, we read, The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle. David was the youngest son. The three eldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. It's interesting to note that the child that would be laid in a manger in Bethlehem would be born near those pastures where David grazed his father's sheep about 1,000 years before. The Savior of the world, the Good Shepherd, would be born in the city of David, a direct descendant of the king who is also a good shepherd in his time. What child is this? He is a shepherd and king just as his ancestor David was. The priority of the shepherd was to make sure the animals that were under his or her care had enough food and water. David's most famous poem speaks to these priorities in Psalm 23 that begins with the truth that echoes the answer to this question, what child is this? Psalm 23 says, or starts with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Just as a shepherd was responsible for the food and water provisions of the sheep, protecting the flock was also a continual priority for a shepherd. Sheep were easy prey for wild animals as seen in a number of places in the Bible. One being 1 Samuel 17 verse 35 where David says to King Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. David continues in Psalm 23 verse 4 to speak of the protection he felt from the Lord as his shepherd. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David describes the Lord as one who not only provides for his nourishment, but also protects him wherever he may find himself. These characteristics of the good shepherd help answer the question the shepherds ask themselves at the nativity. They ask, what child is this? He is the one who will provide for and protect all those who are under his care. This good shepherd would not only protect his people from wild animals, but also from thieves. Thieves who might try to snatch them away from their home and the life that was intended for them by the one who watched over them and owned them. Jesus says again in John chapter 10, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. 
to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robber, robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. Anyone who enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to th steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and may have it abundantly. The good shepherd went to great lengths to take care of those under his care. He would make sure they were kept intact and would go the extra mile to make sure one that was lost was looked for until it was found. Jesus taught this very thing in his parable of the lost sheep in Matthew 18, where he says, See to it that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. What child is this? He is the one who left all the riches and honor and comfort of heaven to, go, to come down here to earth to look for the ones who went astray. Isaiah says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to our own way. But the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. The mission of the shepherd is to look for and rescue the ones who are lost. This is what a good shepherd naturally does. This is who the child in the manger would grow to become. He is the one who came to seek and to save those who are lost and alone, exposed and astray. Isaiah the prophet also speaks in Isaiah 40 verse 11 of the Lord who would come in the vivid imagery of his shepherd. He wrote, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. A beautiful picture of Jesus, not talking about literal sheep, but people. Jesus completed the rescue mission on the cross outside Jerusalem three decades after being born and laid in that Bethlehem's uh, manger. Jesus then restored, empowered, and entrusted shepherding responsibilities to one of his uh, disciples or apostles named Peter. He did this on the shore of the Sea of Galilee where he had first met Peter about three years earlier. The whole conversation revolved around the ongoing role and responsibility of being a shepherd and training other shepherds to shepherd the ones Jesus came to rescue and call his own. In John 21, starting at verse 15, we read, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to Peter the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? Possibly because Peter had earlier denied Jesus three times. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Jesus called Peter to shepherd. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Peter fulfilled that role. And he also wrote a couple of letters. And in his first letter, he passed on the shepherd baton to elders. 1 Peter 5, verses 1 to 4 reads, So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Now catch this. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Did you hear that? Even in the future, when Jesus comes, he will be regarded as a great shepherd, the chief shepherd of the sheep, of his sheep. And as I read Paul's description of the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, I see a sense there in which we are all called to shepherd one another. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 24 to 26 says, But God has so composed the body, the body of Christ, another reference to the church, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And then he gives two examples. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, then all rejoice together. Have the same care for one another, like a good shepherd cares for his sheep. But like a good shepherd described in the video we saw earlier, we have to be awake, alert, and watchful. This means we need to have a chance to get to know one another, to know each other's strengths and weaknesses, to be sensitive to each other's hurts, to to each other's struggles. Also to watch for symbolic wolves that may come in sheep's clothing. To warn people, to correct, to encourage, to meet needs that may arise. And all sorts of other good things that come along with caring for one another. What child is this? He is the one who came to lay down his life for us. He is the one who came to provide for and protect his flock. He is the one blessed beyond measure with human sheep, millions upon millions of human sheep. He would call his sheep he would call his own and who would come to know his voice. He is the one who is the good shepherd. His name is Jesus that baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, just as the angel said he would be. And just as the shepherds did on that first Christmas in Bethlehem, 
we should go and tell everyone just who Jesus is. What child is this? He is Jesus, and he is a shepherd, the good shepherd. And I just want to ask you this morning, is he your shepherd? Have you trusted Christ as, as your Savior, the one who laid down his life for you, the one who had his blood shed to take care of your sins? Have you entrusted your life into his good hands? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your son Jesus, the good shepherd, our rescuer, our savior, God of glory to be eternally praised. Amen. As believers, that is something we rejoice over.